News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. There's an old rule that says don't lend money to family or friends that you're particularly fond of. Money is a weird thing, and it can change the relationship in ways you never expected. Maybe the person who borrowed it doesn't pay it back, opening up a can of worms. Or the two sides have different expectations about how quickly it's going to be paid back. Then you have the thorny problem of a loan from parents to a child and a different sibling getting jealous about perceived favoritism. It's a thorny issue, all right, but there's also a reason why people keep doing it. Money makes the world go round, and if you're wanting to buy a house or start a business, you'll need some of it. If you don't have enough of your own, then family who can help will almost always cut you a better deal than the banks. It's just this issue which Credit.com wants to help with. It's an online process to get everything written down and formalized when you're loaning money between friends and family. It's launching here in New Zealand this month. And if it gets a response like it has in Australia, it'll do well. So there's obviously a lot of people mixing money and family. If you're one of those wanting to go where angels fear to tread, here are the biggest issues to keep your eyes on. News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Diana Clement, personal finance writer for the New Zealand Herald. So we've seen the launch of Credit.com, which is this online platform where you formalize the loans between family and friends. And it's interesting because it launched over in Aussie in April and already 31 million worth of agreements on it. So there's obviously demand. What do you think, though, because there's problems with lending between family and friends? Sure. There's, it's interesting because I wrote down a long list of pros and cons, except <laughs> almost all of them were cons. And there are mm. some pros. There are some pros. But, you know, the Bank of Mum and Dad in New Zealand's probably the most, uh, most popular financial institution in the country. So when people go to it, there must be things that draw them in there. So why are people attracted to this? They're attracted to it because it, it, there are easier terms. It's easier to get the money. Sometimes they can't borrow from the bank, so uh, that's the only option. But but one of my cons was that if the bank won't lend to your children, it might be dangerous for you to do so. Mm. You do hear some real horror stories of this where money just splits families apart. So what are some of the biggest most common issues that people can run into? Well, I think it starts with, with children being entitled, that some children are being are entitled and they think it's their birthright to borrow to borrow from their parents. And that can put their parents in a difficult financial situation. There are some parents who have to borrow themselves to lend to the children and they never get it back. It can also, it's really hard for parents when another ch- child is upset about that that they haven't been lent to, and it, there's sort of issues of equity there and tension in the family. Uh, other sort of issues include that you know, should you be financially subsidising your your adult children? You know, when does it stop? When do you cut that umbilical cord? Um, and mm. you know, one child can be given the identical opportunity to another child, and it will set them on a path for life, and the other child will just blow the lot. There are, there are parents who may have bailed the same child out three or four times and they're expected to do it again. You know, when do you stop? And if you lend to the children, 
what's the situation with the Property Relationships Act? You know, if those kids then split and you've lent them, you know, $50,000 towards the house, does 25000 of that go to the ex-partner? And that sort of brings me to one point is that lending to them isn't always the way. You know, sometimes you might want to give to them. You know, sometimes you, you might want to go guarantor, although that's very dangerous. So the guarantor is just guaranteeing their loan with the bank. And sometimes that giving them advice or just letting them fail is actually the best thing you could do for them, even though it's hard as a parent. And look, I have been emailed by people over the years who have gone guarantor for their children, and they have quite literally been bankrupted. And the children haven't paid the loan back and to the bank, and the banks come after the parents, and the parents have had to, had to pay up. Oh, that's that's a horrifying idea. It's interesting that you mention about maybe this need to let people fail because you do see that happen sometimes where, with the best of intentions, obviously, a parent's trying to help out their kid, but it can almost enable bad behaviour. Yeah, sure. If you're constantly enabling them, they're never going to learn to be proper adults. And, you know, at some point, with, with my own children, you know, they've had to learn to stand on their own two feet at school with, with budgets and that sort of thing. And I do know of another parent who lives locally to me who is the chief executive of a large company and his own child's working in a cafe because he says he's not going to bankroll them through university. Mm, I so approve of that. <laughs> Just a big tick there from me. Sure. <laughs> it is quite scary, isn't it, when you start to look through these cons there are big ones. Money makes the world go round, and if you get into a bad situation, it doesn't matter if it's lending to friends and family, it can still really mess you up. I mean, is there anything that balances all of this out? Oh, sure. Look, there are, there are pros, and as I say, my list was a little shorter, but there are some very big pros. <clears throat> and I think it's very natural for us as parents to want to lend to our children. It, it's built into us to help the next generation. Um, we want, you, know, you want your child to get into their own home. And you, you want to get them out of trouble if their business has failed or, you know, they've got creditors running after them. It's just totally human and totally natural to want to help them. And, you know, the other thing I think we touched at the beginning is that there are far fewer hoops for them to jump through to get the money. And if it's really going to help them in life and you can do it, then you should. It's interesting, isn't it, talking about this this bank of mum and dad. I mean, I look at my own situation and, and similar to the, the person you mentioned earlier, I worked my way through uni, which I think was very important. There were some extremely tough years, um, but you get through it and you learn how to get through it. On the other hand, I've been lucky enough to dip in to be able to afford my first home. And I'll say again for those listening, I know I'm very lucky. You don't need to send me hate mail. I totally appreciate how lucky my situation is there. But it was the only way I could get into my first house. And actually, it was quite interesting. The mortgage... The bank that we got the mortgage from made us sign a bit of paper declaring it was a parental gift because they didn't want me to be paying two people back at once, which I thought was very interesting. What about yourself? I mean, have you ever either used the bank of mum and dad for your kids or for yourself? Um, and, and what were the sort of limits you put around it? Um, in terms of my own children, they're only teenagers and they're still at school. Uh, but I have always, from when they were five, never, ever said, I've said I will never lend, um, that I won't lend them money. If they don't have money for what they want to buy that week, they need to wait till next week. Uh, but, you know, when they're older, there may be a situation where I will. But it's very, very important that it is documented. Um, but have I done it myself? 
Look, I was about 18 and I was desperate to buy a motorbike. As you, as you, I think I made me even slightly younger, but maybe 16. Desperate to buy a motorbike. And my parents lent me the money and I remember paying them back $100 a week. Um, wow. I did pay it back. I, didn't, I don't think I expected it from them. Uh, but the thing that I, when I reflect on that, is what they didn't do, which all parents should do, is that they should they should actually use it as a teachable moment. They should have gone through and talked to me talked to me about credit and debt and uh, you know and obligations with the family. And they didn't do that. And that that's no criticism. Well, it, that's no criticism small of them criticism. really. But it, it's a, it's a small <laughs> criticism of them. But they could have actually used that moment um, for better because actually you know if I couldn't afford the motorbike, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have bought it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Bringing in those teachable moments, they do say that it's as long as you're not in a terrible situation, right? There are all sorts of ways that you can take a bad situation and use it to build up to something better. But, I mean, so we started off this conversation talking about credit.com, which I just find fascinating. So at least there you write down the agreement and how much the loan is and what everyone agrees to. I mean, what are some other ways people can put in safeguards and make sure that everyone goes into these situations with their eyes open. Well, I think that having a family conference is a good idea. Getting everybody around the table and making sure that everyone understands what's happening and actually talking it through, not just sort of getting a call from from your daughter saying, oh, look, we need some money for the house. You need to sit everyone down and possibly the other siblings as well. Sit them down. If it's a large loan, you do need to go to a lawyer and get it documented. And if you're going guarantor, you absolutely have to go to the lawyer because what the banks will do is that they get the parent to sign a guarantee on all of that child's lending and future lending. So if that child subsequently buys a rental property or a business uh, or, or you know goes into credit card debt, you as the parent are responsible for all of that unless you have that guarantee limited. And nine times out of ten, the bank won't voluntarily limit it. Mm, that's quite scary actually to just be on the hook there kind of grandfathered over okay so what we've talked about so far is assuming that everyone is going into this with good intentions which i really hope most people are but of course the world is not always a nice place even between family what can happen if someone's going into this with not good intentions or or maybe they just have uh, bad impulse control when it comes to money yeah, look, this is something that really worries me. Uh, financial elder abuse is really rife in our community. And, you know, there are older people whose children are demanding money off them, and they may not have that money. And yet there's the pressure pressure on them. I've heard of pressure of, like, of um, older people being told, you won't see the grandchildren unless you give us this money. And, and I know it's dreadful. And the other thing that worries me, and I have no doubt that it will end up happening, is that the children think, ah, mum's about to turn 65. She's going to get her KiwiSaver payout. Look, we need that money for, you know, for the business or we need that money for the kids. She doesn't need that money. And there's, there's a real attitude sometimes in New Zealand that the older people don't need that money and the children need it now. And that's just mm. it's just dreadful. Oh, I can't imagine how people do that. All right. Well, is there any way? I guess there's not really that many ways to safeguard against it, except for saying that if someone starts putting that pressure on you, is that a person you want to see anyway, I guess? No, but you can go to Age Concern for advice. And the other thing is, is start when they're five or when they're 15, when they're five preferably, and teach them good ways with money. And that, you know, that will prevent that happening. All right. So what about even if, you know, maybe someone's getting the pressure on or they see their kids in a bad situation, but 
not everyone has the money to lend. You know, sometimes the bank of mum and dad runs out. What are options other than lending? Sure. Look, other options are to simply give them the money, but I wouldn't do that if the child was entitled. Go guarantor. You can you can give advice. You know, advice is really invaluable. And the other thing you could do is let them move back home. Now, that's a great way for them to save money. But one of the problems there is you may be letting them live a million-dollar lifestyle when they're earning $15 an hour, and that doesn't necessarily teach them the financial noose they need for life. Or you can give them advice, which is absolutely invaluable if they will listen to you. <laughs> Isn't that the old thing as well? <laughs> Trying to get your kids to listen to you. That might be uh, even more difficult than getting them to pay you back sometimes. Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. That's Diana Clement, personal finance writer for the New Zealand Herald. If you have a question about this episode or an idea for next time, do come and tell me all about it. I'm on Twitter at Francis Cook and Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cooking the Books podcast on either the Apple Podcasts app or iHeartRadio. And until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.